You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. Family, if you cannot worship God here on earth, do you think you're ready for heaven? If you cannot worship God here on earth, do you think you're ready for heaven? Because in heaven, that's what we do. We worship God. Amen? The angels cry, holy, 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 holy. You want heaven's atmosphere to be in your heart? Then start to worship Him in the beauty of His holiness. Amen. Family, it's in His presence where there's access to all of God's blessings. In His presence, there's access to all of His blessings. Everything that you are looking for, everything that you are desiring, God has provided for that. Let me see your hand. Who of you have been crying for blessings, for breakthrough, for deliverance, for healing. Let me see your hand. Let me hear you pray. Say, Precious Father, reveal to me, show me that all of your blessings are available. Can I ask the question, anybody here, you've been crying, praying, calling out for God's blessings before Jesus died? Not one hand. What does that mean? It means Christ paid the price and made those blessings available to you and to me before you even started crying out for those things. The Bible teaches us in the book of Romans chapter 8, if God did not withhold Jesus Christ from you and from me, why will he withhold any good thing from you? Are these things that you desire, that you want, that you long for, are they not less than Jesus Christ? Is Jesus Christ not greater than these things that you desire? So if you know that the blessings have been made available already, you are crying out for things that are less than Jesus. Compared to Jesus, what are these things? Very quiet now. If God has given you His only begotten Son, the beauty of heaven, the most precious thing, and He did not withhold that from you, why will He withhold anything from you? The healing that you are crying for, the deliverance that you are crying for, Jesus has provided all of that already. Turn to the person next to you and say, Jesus has provided it. Tell them again, say, Jesus has provided it. You didn't cry for any of these things before God gave His Son? No. 
the blessings are available. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Joshua chapter 1. Last week we looked at Caleb. This week we're going to look at Joshua. Family, if this Bible has been made available, if this Bible has been made available and I say, Pastor Moschansi is here with us. This morning he's visiting from Muffa King, so we are honored to have him and his wife here, Rose. Welcome. Give the Lord a hand for their lives. If I say to Pastor Moss, you can use this Bible. It is available for you. You can use it. It is yours. I've paid for it. It's yours. Is there any use for him to start to cry and say, please, can I have the Bible? Can I have the Bible? When am I getting the Bible? I want the Bible. Where is the Bible? Does it make sense to cry for something that has been provided already? No. All of the blessings, the healing, the deliverance, the breakthrough has been provided already for you in Jesus Christ. In Psalm 27, the psalmist didn't say, the Lord is becoming my light. The Lord will one day be my strength. He said, the Lord is my light. The Lord is my strength. He has become your strength. He has become your light. That means if that light is a part of your life, that light will expel darkness. Turn to the person next to you and say, light expels darkness. Tell them the blessing is greater than the curse. Joshua 1, verse 1. It says, after the death of Moses, it's a very positive way to start a chapter, after the death of Moses. The servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. I mean, in one verse, he's saying it twice. You almost feel, doesn't he have any compassion? But he's busy dealing with Joshua's future, his destiny. He's saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. I know you thought God was going to do it in a certain way. He's not going to do it in that way. He's going to do it in and through you. Forget about Moses. You've been faithful. You've served him. But now you have to enter into the promised land. You have to get out under the shadow of Moses. No more excuses. Amen? Your promise that God has given you, Moses cannot claim it for you. You have to do it. Amen? It's not Moses' promise. It's your promise. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I'm giving to them, the children of Israel, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea towards 
going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Family, listen to me. In going into the promised land, in entering the promised land, you need God's view, God's opinion about your situation. Faith will always focus on the promises and not on the problems. Let me see your hand. In the promises that God has given you, you faced some problems. Let me see your hand. Turn to the person next to you and say, focus on the promise, not on the problems. Joshua knew that if God is with him, what did God say to him? He said, I'll be with you. As you go into the promised land, I'm going to be with you. Why? Because it's very easy when you go and move towards your promise that there's going to be a giant or two, that there's going to be a high wall. You've got this promise from God, start a business, you're going to have a child, you're going to find a wife, and suddenly as you start moving towards the promise, there's a high wall. Am I talking to the right people here this morning? Let me see your hand if I'm talking to the right people. Turn to the person next to you, say, focus on the promise, not on the problems. Because God's ability will let impossibilities become possible. That's why he said, I will be with you. I'm going to go with you. And if God goes with you, even if you're facing a high wall, God's going to do what he's going to do. Joshua expected God to do what he promised. Not what he saw, what he believed. This is how faith works, family. Listen to me. Not what you see. Most of us have turned our faith into feelings. When you wake up in the morning and you feel good, you think it's going to be a good day. But you wake up in the morning and you don't have goosebumps, you think, I don't think today's going to be a good day. And you live your life based upon feelings. Whereas faith is not a feeling. It's what you believe in your heart, what God has said. Do you believe that he is faithful? Joshua expected God to do what he promised. Turn to the person next to you and say, I expect God to do what he has promised. So that which seems impossible with man is possible with God. Amen. So today, instead of looking at your situation and your circumstances, listen to Jesus. Listen what he is saying about your situation. You might be feeling a pain in your body, but as God has given you a promise, he is faithful to do it and to perform it. Amen. God will take you from where you are to where he wants you to be. The promises that God has given you, you will have to start to confess them. Joshua did not look at the situation and the circumstances. He looked at the promises. Amen? If you go on, you'll see here in verse 8, 
He says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Joshua confessed what he believed. Joshua confessed what he believed. It was rather God's ability than anything that was on the inside of him. If you go to the book of Hebrews 11, verse 30. Family, let me see your hand. If you want God's promises to manifest in your life, raise your hand. If you want God's promises to manifest in your life, you have to make a decision to make God's word the standard for your life. If you're not prepared to do that, how will you maintain the blessings that God has got for you? You have to make God's word the standard for your life. Joshua expected God to do what he said he was going to do. When they approached the promised land, the first thing they faced was Jericho. Jericho is the first city in the promised land. Jericho belonged to the Lord. Because the first is always given unto the Lord. Amen? Turn to the person next to you and say, put God first. Tell them again, say, put God first. This is what Joshua did. He knew that if he listened to the people, God knew if they focused upon what they saw, the walls might not come down. So God in his wisdom said, I want you to keep quiet. Don't say anything. I want you to just act faith. Because maybe if they were walking there looking at those walls, there would have been somebody who had said, do you think God can really do it? Don't you think the walls might just be just a little bit too high? Let me see your hand if you know what I'm talking about. Good intention people robbing you of your faith. Can God really do it? And God said, keep quiet. I don't want you to say anything. On the seventh day, I want you to walk seven times and then don't say anything, just shout. Make a joyful noise. Hebrews 11 verse 30. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell. How did they come down? Faith. Turn to the person next to you. Say your promises are locked up in your faith. Jesus has done it already, family. You just have to believe it. It says, by faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days. By faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. And what more shall we say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, also of David and Samuel and the prophets who through faith subdued kingdoms, through faith worked righteousness, through faith obtained their promises, through faith Stop the mouths of lions. How will you obtain your promises? Through faith. Turn to the person next to you and say, believe. 
Many people today don't ask for the promises. And the question we should ask is, why? They don't ask, God, do this for me. God, do this for me. Why? Because they think God is like them. They think like the Israelites were unfaithful, made a golden calf, they didn't serve God the way they should, then they thought God is exactly the same. Many people don't ask because they have no hope in their hearts that God would answer them. Turn to the person next to you and say, Jesus did it for you before you even asked. Tell them again, say, Jesus did it for you before you even asked. What does it mean? It means the blessings are available. The blessings are available. The blessings are available. You missed a good place to say amen, family. <laughs> Most people think, yes, I know the blessings are available, but God wants to do it for that one and that one and not for me. Turn to the person next to you and say, the blessings are available for you. It's when, because you look at these things from a human point of view, you are limiting God. But God does not think the way that you think. God had said to the Israelites, there's the promised land overflowing of milk and honey. That's the promise, it's yours. Focus on the promise, not on the problems. Every promise on the way to that promise, there's giants and there's high walls. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're not in heaven yet. Say, the road to your promise might be a bumpy road. You're not in heaven yet. In heaven, the roads are smooth gold. Here, it can be a bumpy road. Remember Mary, on the way to Bethlehem, she had a bumpy road on a donkey. But the promise on the inside remained. When that promise comes from God, even if the road is bumpy, it will not abort. It will remain. Amen? Turn to the person next to you and say, hold on to your promise. When you try to understand God and His promises from a human point of view, you will limit yourself. If you believe it with your heart, start to confess it. The Bible teaches us that Israel, Israel, although God told them you're on the way to the promised land, their hearts remained in Egypt. Their hearts remained in a place of bondage. Turn to the person next to you and say, what you believe is very important. You have to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you God's kindness where you so often have been very unkind. You have to ask God to reveal to you His faithfulness when you so often have been unfaithful. You need God to reveal to you His righteousness when you so often know 
that you've acted in unrighteousness. The Bible says, through faith, they obtained righteousness. Listen to me, family. The Word of God teaches us in the book of Corinthians that he who knew no sin became sin so that you can become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. What does it mean? Jesus never sinned. Jesus never sinned. But he took your sin and my sin upon himself. Jesus never knew poverty. Jesus never knew lack. But he became poor for you and me to be rich. He never knew sin, but he became your sin so that you can experience the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You need the Holy Spirit to help you. Let me share the key with you. Let me share the key with you. If you read Joshua 1 verse 5, the Lord made a promise. He said, as I was with Moses, I'm going to be with you. If God's presence is with you, and it rests upon you. Wherever you now walk, when you place your feet, is not you only. God is moving with you. And you're claiming that territory in the Spirit. When you know God is with you, the Holy Spirit is with you, whatever you touched is not an ordinary touch. It's God touching people as well. Amen? Amen. Jesus said to his disciples, wait in Jerusalem until you've received power. Then go out and go and minister. Have you been empowered for the assignment God has given you? Have you waited for the infilling of the Holy Spirit to fulfill the promise that God has given you? It's very quiet now. Everybody wants the power of the Holy Spirit, but not many people want to be the friend of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is drawn to those with a loyal heart. Turn to the person next to you and say, fall in love with the Holy Spirit. Can you see why many people, the blessings that they want, they want the Holy Spirit to give it to them, but you need to walk with God to be able to maintain those blessings. Jesus said, wait in Jerusalem until you've received power, then go out. Acts 10 verse 38 says, How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were sick and were oppressed of the devil. Can you hear the revelation? The empowerment to be successful in your assignment is in and through the working of the Holy Spirit in your life. We are trying to do too many things, trying to obtain our blessings apart from Jesus and the working of the Holy Spirit. If you try and get those blessings without the power of the Holy Spirit, God's leading and guiding, you'll start to use your own resources, your own strengths, and how will you maintain it? It can cost you your soul. Turn to the person next to you, it's tell them it's time to stop playing Christianity and be led by the Holy Spirit. The seven sons of Sceva, they wanted to cast out demons without the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, and they were overtaken. You've tried to do too many things without the help of the Holy Spirit. Paul says, in Him we live and move and have our being. 
God the Father, God the Father, Genesis chapter 2 to 3. The earth had no form, it was void, there was darkness. And the Spirit of the Lord hovered over the waters. What does it mean? If your life has got darkness, no form, no shape, it looks like chaos. The Holy Spirit is not embarrassed about that situation. You'll find Him there. What does verse 3 say? And God said, let there be light. Listen to me, family. Not even God, our Creator, spoke any word until the Holy Spirit was on the scene. Anybody today can say, be healed. But are you saying it in the power of the Holy Spirit? Anybody can say, be saved, be blessed. But are you saying it in the power of the Holy Spirit? Man can minister, but when the Holy Spirit starts to minister, there's change. Say, Spirit of the living God, fall afresh upon me. Touch my heart. Change my heart. Mince my heart to fall in love with Jesus once again. In Jesus' mighty name. Many today want the power of the Holy Spirit, but they don't want to be the friend of the Holy Spirit. David, Old Covenant, remember when he had sinned, he said, do not let your spirit depart from me. Why? Because he knew he had a friend in the Holy Spirit that disposed of giants. He knew he was not a giant slayer. Everybody's got limitations. Even when you're a giant slayer, you'll hear the confession, it was not me, it was the Lord. He said, you, Goliath, have come against my God. It's not personal. Joshua, let me show you something about Joshua. Go to Exodus 33 quickly. Exodus 33 verse 11. Verse 11, so the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. Today, when you enter the Holy of Holies, and you enter into the throne of grace, you receive grace, you receive help, and we have the opportunity to meet with God face to face, the same way Moses did in the cloud. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend, and he would return to the camp, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. What does it mean? He remained in the presence of the Holy Spirit. Can you see that? He remained in the presence of the Holy Spirit. It's there where he was strengthened. There where he was encouraged. There where he obtained mercy, grace for his assignment. Then Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found grace in my sight. Now therefore I pray, if I have found grace in your sight, show me your way that I may know you and that I may find grace in your sight. And consider that this is your, na your people. And he said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. 
family, if God's presence is with you, you are blessed. If God the Father did not withhold Jesus Christ, why will he withhold any good thing from you? The blessings, the victory, the deliverance, the breakthrough has been provided for you and for me in Jesus Christ. The way of grace, undeserved favor, is to walk with the Lord. Let him work in you and through you. It's walking with the Lord and allowing the Lord to walk with you. Moses was a friend of God. He loved God. He loved God's presence. Mary, before the angel spoke to her, he said, Greatly beloved, highly favored. John, that walked with Jesus, the beloved, the one who loved him. Are you still in love with Jesus? Daniel, greatly beloved, greatly beloved. There's no greater thing for God to come and say, I can see that you're in love with me. You love me more than what you love all these blessings. The healing, the deliverance, the breakthrough is not the end. It's the means to an end. The end is a lasting relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. So if you obtain these blessings, that's available. But you're not maintaining your relationship with him. How will you maintain the blessings that you receive from him? Many people, you see them in church when they have a need. But once their need has been met, they leave the church. All that you are doing, you are confessing your weakness, that you're more in love with the breakthrough than what you're in love with Jesus. We'll see you again in the future. I'm saying it in humility and sincerity of heart. It's, it's time for the church to stop playing church. If you want to be a Christian, be a Christian. The blessings are available. The blessings are available. Turn to the person next to you and say, Jesus loves you. Jesus has made provision for every Christian to live in his blessings, to live in his favor, to experience his goodness, to experience his mercy, to experience his breakthrough. Nobody can earn these blessings on merit. Turn to the person next to you and say, there's nothing you can do to deserve these blessings. You have to believe. That's it. Family, the thing that will produce the promise in your life, Hebrews 11, through faith, they obtained righteousness. Through faith, they obtained righteousness. Righteousness is the thing that produces miracles. Righteousness is what sanctifies you. His righteousness becoming your righteousness when you believe. How does faith work? You confess with your mouth salvation, but you believe with your heart righteousness. What does it mean? It means righteousness is not for those who confess it, but those that believe it. The enemy, the devil wants you to doubt your sonship. The enemy does not want you to look at your situation from God's point of view. 
Because if he can get you to look at your situation from a natural point of view, you'll believe your situation and your circumstances and not the Word of God. But when you look at your situation from God's point of view, you'll see that the price has been paid in full. You'll see by Jesus' stripes, you've been healed. The basis for answered prayer is what Jesus did on the cross. Turn to the person next to you and say, He has done it for you. Family, do you know what this means? It means the blessings, it's in your faith. Your faith is the thing that releases that blessings. The Bible says you've been blessed with every blessing in Christ Jesus. Every blessing. Turn to the person next to you and say, your blessings is in your faith. It's in our believing, it's in our receiving, it's in our confessing and doing the word of God. Amen? Isaiah 55 verse 8, God says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. What is he saying? He says, the way that you think I should bless you, I'm not going to bless you in that way. My ways are not your ways. I have my own way of doing it. Go to Joshua 1 verse 8. Turn to the person next to you and say, my blessings are on, my, on the way. God said it, and I believe it. So let me help you quickly. So verse 8, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. So what is the first thing? You're going to have to start to confess the promises of God. Turn to the person next to you and say, confess the promises of God. Tell them again, say, confess the promises of God. But you shall meditate. What does it mean? Go write that scripture down, read it, meditate, because meditation brings revelation. So some of you that are battling with fear, go and write down Psalm 27 verse 1. The Lord is the light of my salvation, I shall not fear. The Lord is the strength of my life, of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumble and fell. What does it mean? It means the enemy is going to come against you. He wants to kill, steal, and destroy. But what does the Word of God says? As he tries to come, he's going to stumble and fall. So you'll see him, but he's going to fall. Just ignore it. Am I helping some of you here? Decide if you want to believe the Word of God or not. If you're going to believe it, then start to confess it. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do. Here's the challenging part. Observe to do. As Christ has forgiven me, I forgive. Go to the person and go make right. No, amen. Let, no, I'm praying that they should read it first and come to me and make right. Let me see your hand. <laughs> no, you take the lead. You take the lead. If you read it, you obey. Observe to do. Why do many people not experience the blessings of God? 
because they don't observe to do. Family, listen to me. Just because you're looking at some people and they're saying, God has not blessed me yet. Just because they say God has not blessed me doesn't mean God has not blessed them. You didn't hear what I've said. God says the blessings are available. It's yours. You are blessed with every blessing in Christ Jesus. But because the Egyptian or the Israelites were unfaithful, desiring Egypt, they thought God was like that. God cannot be unfaithful. The Bible says even when we are unfaithful, God remains faithful because that's who He is. He's a faithful God. He cannot now become unfaithful. You know what that means? He is faithful in looking at you and loving you. He remains faithful even when you wander away to pray for you. He remains faithful to think good things about you. When the Bible says, I know the thoughts I have towards you, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. God doesn't say, good future today. Ah, you got up this morning. I saw what you were thinking. Uh Uh-uh. No more good future. No. He's not like us. He doesn't think like us. He doesn't work like us. He remains faithful. That's why he allows you to enter into a better covenant with better promises. Where he does not deal with you according to the law, but he deals with you according to his mercy. So even when you're running away from God, he wants to help you. People say, I found the Lord. I was seeking for the Lord. Seeking for the Lord. What do you mean seeking for the Lord? If God didn't enlighten your eyes, you would never find him. He's a spirit. Amen? He was the one pursuing you in Jesus Christ. When you hated him, when you wanted nothing to do with him, he married you. If you only knew how much he loves you, says to Joshua, you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Family, those that believe the promises, confess the promises. Turn to the person next to you and say, confess your promises. When you believe it and you confess it, you'll receive it. But you're not asking God for the promises. Because you think he's not faithful. You're not asking him for the promises because you have no hope that he will answer you. If he made a way when you hated him, how much more will he help you now when you start calling upon his name? Salvation, healing, deliverance are all of God's promises. Turn to the person next to you and say, your blessings are here. Tell them again, say, your blessings are here. Let me read the rest. The key here, if you read it, let God be with you. Be aware of the presence of the Holy Spirit. When you're aware of the presence of the Holy Spirit, you'll behave differently, you'll do things differently. Observe to do the promise that God has given you confess it meditate upon it believe it do it 
when they went into the promised land, when they were walking around the walls of Jericho, not saying one word, they were acting faith, acting faith, acting faith. God said, keep quiet, but walk, keep quiet, but walk. Have you been doing what God has instructed you, what God told you to do? Amen? Family, if I can give you advice today, listen to Jesus instead of your circumstances. You're listening more to the voice of your circumstances than what you're listening to the voice of Jesus. Get His opinion about your situation. Amen? Do you know what's God's opinion about your situation? If you knew God's opinion about your situation, everything would change. James 4 verse 3, he warns us, he says, when you pray, you're asking things for selfish reasons, for materialistic reasons, instead of asking things that will advance the kingdom of God. You ask and you do not receive. Why? Because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. Turn to the person next to you and say, it's not all about you. It's all about Jesus. Tell them again, say, it's not all about you. It's all about Jesus. The blessings are available, but somehow we've been taught wrong in the church. It's more blessed to give than to receive. So when you ask for things for God to bless you, it's for you to be a blessing, not just to spend it on yourself. That's why you're still asking for that big contract, because if you had received that big contract, would you be here this morning? No, I'm, thank you, Lord, for the blessings. A well-deserved long holiday, I'm going away. But what about here, the kingdom of God, where God needs you? So sometimes God is considering your prayer request because He knows if you get that blessing now, you'll be gone. Some of you, the sons and daughters that God has planted here, you're busy seeing people in other churches, but you know God has planted you here. But if you go with that relationship, you're gone. And what would happen to your soul? Family, if you knew that Jesus became your substitution, that he paid the price in full, you'll have all confidence to ask him. 1 John 3 teaches us that if your heart does not condemn you, you have confidence towards God and you ask him anything and you know he will do it. Because what you are asking is lining up with the word of God. Turn to the person next to you say, my God's word the standard for your life. You need a revelation to know that Jesus knew no poverty of his own, but he took it all away from you so that you can be blessed. He had no sickness of his own, but by his stripes we are healed. 1 Peter 2 verse 24. Didn't know unrighteousness, but he became your unrighteousness so that you can enjoy His righteousness. Do you trust in God's sufficiency? Do you trust in God's sufficiency? If you trust in God's sufficiency, you'll go to Him. 
When you know your Father can provide what you are asking, you will have confidence to say, can I have this? Can I have this? And you know God will provide. But when you doubt His sufficiency, you don't have confidence to ask Him. Your dream, your vision should be bigger than you. If you can fulfill it on your own, why do you need faith? Why do you need faith? That's why the dream and the vision. Sometimes God will place you in a ministry with a big vision that will stretch your faith so that you have to enlarge your capacity. But Isaiah said, enlarge your capacity, the place where you are staying, to the left and to the right, make it bigger. Because God wants to do something great. If we start to believe by faith, subdued nations, by faith, turn this whole nation back to God to worship Him in spirit and in truth. It's impossible that we are 70% Christians. They might be convinced serving God from here, but definitely not converted. Because when you are converted by the Spirit of God, then loving God and loving people is easy. I don't even have to tell you. You'll just love people. But the way people are slandering and saying things, they are focusing more on their situation and their circumstances than what they're focusing upon the promises of God. When you don't rely and trust on the help of the Holy Spirit, you'll do things in your own strength and through that just create more problems for yourself. You'll make your own plans that will look like good ideas, but they're not God ideas. They will disappoint you. God said to Joshua, Moses is dead. It's over. That way of doing things, it's a new season now. I'm going to be with you. Wherever you put your foot, I've given it to you. This promised land belongs to you and everybody that wants to believe. Meditate in the Word of God. Keep it in your mouth. Keep it in your heart. Observe to do. Amen? Turn to the person next to you and say, I don't want to create more problems. Tell them I have enough challenges. I'm making God's Word the standard for my life. The Bible teaches us in the book of Acts, it's more blessed to give than to receive. When you know that all the blessings have been made available in Christ Jesus, when you know all the blessings have been made, made available in Christ Jesus, Ephesians 1 verse 3 to 7, go and read it. Romans 8 teaches us if Jesus Christ was not withheld from you, if God the Father didn't withhold Jesus from you but gave Him, how much more will He not give you all things freely? Turn to the person next to you and say, all things. Tell them, all the things you desire, you need, they are small things compared to Jesus Christ. Tell them again, say, all the things you desire, you need, compared to Jesus Christ, are small things. So if God did not withhold Jesus from you, why will He withhold any of these other things from you? What you want to give to God, make sure it comes from God. Listen to me. What you want to give to God, make sure it comes from God. Abraham had to give Isaac to God. Why? Because Isaac came from God. But he knew 
Whatever he gives to the Lord, he knew what would follow. God would make a way. We can only give for God's sake when we have the Savior in mind. So in all your doings, keep the Lord in your heart and in your mind. All the blessings have been provided. Amen? The main reason why we ask God for blessings is so that we can share them with others. You missed a good place to say amen. No, it's mine and only mine. It's about me, myself, and I. The three of us are happy. No! Turn to the person that you say, you are blessed to be a blessing. You are safe to save others. What if Jesus didn't come to this earth to die for us? What would have happened to us? There would be no church service today. No reason for us to gather. God the Father gave His very best to make sure that you can receive His very best. He loves you so much. Amen? Let me hear you pray. Say, Precious Father, help me by your Holy Spirit to have a revelation that all of heaven's blessings has been provided to me through Jesus Christ. In Jesus' mighty name. O Holy Spirit, give me a prophetic picture of your good future that you have planned for me. Not only to see it, but to walk in it so that your name can be glorified in me and through me. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ. Loving God. Loving people.